The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. I want to talk about an update on, uh, we talked about this last week on the COVID-19 found in semen study. We'll look at that. Uh, Reaching out to your ex during a pandemic, is this uh, a good idea? And kids apparently are more at risk for online predators and other studies I will share with you. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You can send me emails as well to laurie at drlaurie.com or you can text me anytime throughout the evening and I will answer your questions as well. So I got this email today from somebody who was uh, anonymous, so they didn't leave an actual email address, but you'll understand why. It's a bit lengthy, but very, uh, very touching in some ways, disturbing in other ways, uh, but throws me back 20 years. So here goes. Lori, I must first apologize for no real email. I cannot have any trace of my past. This may take a while, so please bear with me. Yesterday, I overheard a conversation with co-workers and I heard the name Lori Batito. This name meant something to me, so I asked out of curiosity about the name. I was told you have a radio show on the internet at 7 p.m. on cjd.com, which might give you an indication where I am. So clearly this is somebody who lives out west, and uh, nice to know that we have listeners out west. Uh, I was told, um, uh, hold on, I listened in and it was an OMG moment. It's her. I texted a friend and asked her to tune in and asked her if that voice was familiar. She texted back, yes, that was the lady on the radio when we were in Montreal. We broke a rule three of us had never to speak of our past in Montreal, but I have permission from my two friends to write this and they have added their comments to me by phone. I have to turn back the clock some 20 years. We've been on the air for 21 years, so just to let you know. I was 18, my two friends were 19, and we left home because of problems. We ended up in Montreal, where we got into heavy drugs and prostitution. We all had the same pimp who kept us in drugs, but he was very hard on us, violent to be blunt. If our memory is correct, it was after 11 p.m., the radio was on, and the three of us were pretty high. One of us was almost passed out, I bleeding from a beating I got earlier, and he had gone out to get some customers and said we better be looking like the little sluts we were. You gave a phone number to call in. We were scared and had enough, and I remember calling in your show crying, probably vague about details, but I do remember saying I was beat up. I do not think the conversation lasted long and I hung up on you. My friend was listening in the other room. When I went in on the radio, you were saying, call back, get help or leave now. Um, Call police or something along those lines. I looked at my friend and I do remember her saying, let's get the F out of here and go home. We could not leave our other friend behind, so we got her on her feet and we left. We were in the east end of Montreal and we looked like crap. A police car stopped and the two officers got out. I will not go through the whole thing. It was painful, and I'm in tears writing this. 
The only thing I will say is this. We were honest to the police, told them we were hookers and druggies and need help. Please help us. We are not even from Montreal. We had no ID, no money, nothing, and they helped. A few days later, we were back home, and all three of us went to a rehab house. Our parents only knew the drug side, not the prostitution side. We all had STDs. Fortunately, nothing that could not be cured. Today, I'm happily married with two wonderful children, and I went back to school and got a college degree. Another of the friend is married as well with three children and equally happy. The third has been with the same man for 14 years now, no kids. We all got a decent education, and the third, who will go nameless, got a university degree. We are alive and well because of you. I think if we did not run off that night, we may have been found dead in some alley overdosed. I am conferenced in with my two friends as I write this, and we are all in tears. It is a past none of our partners are aware of, and nor will they ever know. It is the first time we spoke of this in about 15 years, and we will never speak of it again. I had to wait for my husband to leave for work to message you and call them. It's almost 7 a.m. my time, and I have to pull myself together and get breakfast for the kids. I'm truly hoping you recall that phone call so many years back, and the three of us want to thank you, thank you, the Montreal police and that social worker in Montreal. But it was you who got the ball rolling. I was told to add, even though we will never speak of this, you will be considered our dearest friend in our hearts. God bless. That's... Wow. <laughs> Talking about, I think, you know, I've said it before, like I've been on the, the air for a very long time, more than two decades. So, yes, people call in. And I remember a heartbreaking call and and I remember I think I remember that I was talking to the producer and saying try to get the number where this person called in we have to do something and I was like begging them to call me back so that we could track them or something because hearing somebody in such distress it was uh it, it was I remember how difficult that was and that was at the beginning really of of the radio career right so um but like hearing from people way after something or something that they heard that that somehow uh, they put into action or affected them in some way, you, we hardly ever hear that. I have to say, even as a therapist, when uh, we help clients, they go once they don't need you anymore or what have you, they go on their merry way, but you don't hear back from them to say, well, where were they at? Were they helped? Was it good? Et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, um, it's really heartwarming, and, and I've been getting quite a few of these messages from different people letting me know, and, and I think it's part of like sharing it with this community that we have built here over the last two decades. And so many of you um, have been with me for that long. Like you have been here for, for each other for that long. So I, I just want to extend that thank you to all of you. This is not just about me. This is all about you guys too. So thank you. Um, thank you all for being here. As someone wrote in, I'm in tears. Uh, another one wrote, what a beautiful outcome. Yes, when situations are bad, they, there could be a beautiful outcome, which is why there is always hope and which is why we need to reach out to vulnerable populations. And these were vul vulnerable young women. Uh, so thank you for sharing. Like that really, really, <laughs> really did something to me. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, hey, Dr. Lori, awesome show. Thanks for your time. My question is for the ladies. Uh, this what this person keeps wanting to know percentages. What percentage of women uh, come or orgasm and want to go to bed, and what percentage want to stay up later and have sex? You mean and more sex? Like what, what do you mean? Um, you mean how many women just want to go to sleep or how many women want to have sex? I'm not really quite quite sure. Or if you're talking about you have sex and then you want to go to sleep, which is typically a male thing. Um, it's something to do with the release of, of uh, some hormones in men that are different than in women that makes them want to roll over and, and go to sleep. Whereas for women, sometimes they are they may feel more energized after sex rather than sleepy. So um, if that's your question, I have no idea what the percentage is, but that's, uh, that's the, the kind of the, uh, the typical, typical thing. Uh, text writes in, hi, Dr. Lori, great testimony from that email. Wonderful that those ladies are now all doing well. I remember listening to you and Lori Graham occasionally on the love line on Mix 96. And you know how many years ago that was? That was 30 years ago and that makes me feel really old at the very beginning of my career that's where I started 30 years ago on the air on then mix 96 so thank you for following me to see JAD some of you to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Gee, I feel like I'm taking a stroll down memory lane. Uh, Texter writes, and I remember first seeing you on a TV show called Eros, Lori, back in the 80s. Yes, mid to late 80s. I was the sex expert on a show called uh, Eros. It was, uh, I don't remember what channel it was on, but I did that for for years as well. <laughs> oh my. Um, Lori, that story brought tears to my eyes. It just goes to show how a little advice could go a long way to the extent of miraculously transforming someone's life. Kudos to the girls for being so courageous and acting upon your advice. Sometimes people just need the one thing. It's like, yes, yes, we got to do this. And um, so, you know, even, you know, on this show, people give, uh, our listeners also give their points of view and their advice and people take, like they want to hear and it helps, it helps, uh, you're helping each other. That's the, uh, the reality. Um, Google guy <laughs> on the subject of women after sex. I'm not trying to answer stats at no, on a no brainer questions. Men like to sleep after sex more than women do. Uh, very, very touching story. The only concern I have now aren't secrets like that bad for the relationships. Are they better off or are they better off not knowing? You know, it, it, things like this where you have uh, a history, uh, a very troubled youth, for example, like it's very possible that they told their husbands, yes, well, I had a hard time growing up or we had some family issues and uh, it was really rough without giving uh, complete details. And if it's not in, in impacting their relationship now, um, meaning like, for example, if somebody has had a sexual assault in, in their early years and they have trouble in the bedroom at this point, 
later on, then there, that is something that uh, I think their partner would want to know and to be sensitive to certain things, right? But in this case, I'm not sure if they, I don't think it's necessarily bad for the, uh, for the relationship, uh, in this particular case. So uh, we can't really, uh, generalize. All right. COVID in semen. So I reported on this, uh, last week, right, there was a study that tested the semen of men infected by COVID um, and finding that a min- minority of the patients had the virus in their sperm, which suggests that there's a small possibility that the illness could be sexually transmitted. This was a study that was done out of uh, China. And the study's findings are very preliminary, remember that, drawn from a small sample of infected patients, so more needs to be uh, done. Of course, it would be important to know if it can be transmitted uh, sexually because, uh, well, obviously uh, in terms of uh, prevention and other things like that. But other experts say that the findings should be looked at with caution as other small studies have not found the virus in semen. These results differ from an earlier study involving 12 COVID-19 patients that found that all of the patient semen samples tested negative uh, for it. Uh, But uh, the earlier study focused on patients after they had recovered from milder forms of the illness, while the Chinese study focused on patients with more severe cases and took samples during disease or shortly after recovery. I would imagine you wouldn't be having sex when you are uh, in a, uh, suffering severely from from COVID nineteen, <laughs> like it does doesn't make any sense that you would even want to have sex, or that your partner would even go near you if you were had all of these uh, all of these symptoms. So there you have it. So still, it's something that uh, needs to be looked at because actually they had found other studies. Um, found that um, viruses like Ebola and Zika were found in the semen of some uh, some men. So still still preliminary, still more research needs to be done. Uh, they say it's hard to know if it's an STI since it's so much a respiratory contagious virus. You're right, but things can be transmitted in different ways, right? It depends on how it gets into your bloodstream and and what have you. So, Um, The story brought tears to my eyes. As for the withholding, the sensitive history, it reminds me so much of Eve from the soap opera Passions. She kept that type of past from her husband because she thought that would ruin her image. Mm, that, that, That might be a possibility. Um. Eros was weekly on the Life Channel. How do you remember these little details? Yes, the Life Network, when that that network had just started, I believe, and and programming had just started. Uh, According to Evolutionary Behavior Science, a study of 128 women and 98 men, women were much more, higher percentage of women were likely to fall asleep after intercourse, but no actual percentage given. so more women than men? I'm not getting that. But anyhow. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's have a look at this because this is uh, concerning. So if you have kids at home, p- 
please listen to this. Uh, children across Canada, of course, have been home for weeks now, and they will continue to be home for weeks. They're not going back to school before uh, September. So what are they doing? They are spending a heck of a lot more time than they usually would online. So I don't want you parents to feel guilty about this. Plenty of parents need to work, and so their kids have to do something, and sometimes this is what they they go online to study, research, or play games. Um, but uh, unfortunately, as a result, cybertip.ca, uh, an online uh, sexual exploitation of children tip line, says it saw a 66% spike in reports in April compared to the three uh, previous months. So what are we talking about is a cyber exploitation, which is usually sexual in nature. It could include anything from sexually suggestive messages to sending sexually explicit videos or trying to lure a child offline to meet in real life, or it could be uh, where uh, they uh, convince the child to undress or and uh, or, or do something. They take photos and then they exploit them uh, by uh, threatening to reveal whatever it is that they uh, that they have on the child. So the, the usually older children uh, for this kind of thing. So we need to uh, take heed. We need to. Uh, pay attention to this. Uh, according to the study, there are two, or this research, there are two likely explanations for the recent spike in reports of cyber exploitation. One is that kids are spending more time online because they're at home, of course. The second is that offenders know that more kids are online and are taking advantage of it. There is chatter online amongst the offending community that they see this as a great opportunity. Um, the agency doesn't have data on how many of these reports turn into substantiated criminal claims, but the increase in reports is of uh, concern. So um, according to uh, Dr. Paul Federoff, who is a forensic psychiatrist and actually a friend of mine, and he's the director of the Royal Sexual Behaviors Clinic in Ottawa, he says boredom and opportunity are two main factors behind why predators of online sex crimes engage in predatory behavior. And the COVID-19 pandemic may be affecting some perpetrators' routines online. So please be aware, parents, and have the uh, talk with, uh, with your children because that's really, really important. If they see anything inappropriate, make sure they practice, uh, you know, not giving away their phone numbers, their address, or any identifying information and things like that. Uh, this text writes in, I am with a Chinese massage girl who has two children. No one does this job because they like it. She is a wonderful mother. So you're talking about the, the, it's a form of sex work. So the, not just, um, regular massage, but happy ending massage. Um, she is a wonderful mother. Her two daughters are amazing. She has been out of the business for seven years and we have a wonderful life together. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Another one says, you cannot judge these women. They are human like you or me. Yes, humans that ended up in a very bad 
place and uh, uh, clearly very troubled young young people who man but troubled yet resilient because they uh, got out of that right resilient and uh, and courageous. Coming up, we will talk about uh, uh, Dutch in, in in the Netherlands. They are advising. Um, single people to find a sex buddy for the time of the uh, pandemic. So they're kind of giving carte blanche for that or, or saying, hey, it's okay, you can do that. And why do people reach out to an ex during quarantine? Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Is this something you have done out of loneliness and maybe checking up on an ex and maybe reconnecting because you didn't want to go online and find somebody new, but you had somebody who knew you and you were comfortable with. Is this a a good option to reconnect with an ex during a a pandemic and, and social isolation? We'll talk about that and whatever else you want to talk about after we check in with our CJD 800 Newsroom. You're listening to The Voice of Montreal, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, an iHeart radio station. Good evening, this is Luciano Pipia. Here's what's making news at 10.30, a big cut to Air Canada staff due to the COVID-19 outbreak. The country's biggest carrier says it's laying off a lot of workers. Here's CTV's Omar Sachedina. An internal memo states Air Canada will slash 50 to 60 percent of its workforce, roughly 20,000 employees, despite being one of the first companies to use the federal government's wage subsidy, a program the prime minister extended today. Airline also says it's losing some $22 million daily. The bookings are down to just 5 percent of 2019 levels. Montreal is looking into the option of introducing an app to help with COVID-19 contact tracing. Public Health Director Milan Drouin acknowledges apps raise questions about confidentiality, but adds they could be a complementary measure to fight the virus. Montreal is Quebec's COVID-19 epicenter in terms of cases and deaths. Meantime, Premier François Legault announcing today the province will give the city a million masks to distribute and provide $6 million to transit agencies in the Montreal area to make masks more widely available. I think it will help to start in the right direction. Of course, all people can make their own mask, I invite you to do to do so. Montreal Fire Department says a chunk, a chunk of concrete fell from a building on Rainier Levesque near Beaver Hall Hill tonight. There were no injuries. It fell from the 17th floor of 555 Rainier Levesque. Not clear what triggered the drop. Are you part of a community group providing COVID-19 relief? Let us know how we can help. Email communitycares at cjad.com. From the CJAD 800 Traffic Center, Lauren Glazer. Luciano, some overnight closures already in effect. Southbound 13, two lanes are closed on the Bison Bridge. That lasting up until 8.30 tomorrow morning. Westbound Illator Bridge has two lanes that are closed. That up until 9 tomorrow morning. Some closures that we are waiting on. Westbound Villemarie will close completely between Panay and Lucien Lallier. Starts at 11, reopening at 7. Northbound 13, three lanes will close on the Bison Bridge. Set for midnight tonight, only reopening at 8.30 tomorrow morning. PPE manufacturer, the Canadian Shield, would like to thank Canada's frontline healthcare heroes who are working every day to keep us safe. Join the United Front at CanadianShieldPPE.com. Traffic and trends at every 15 minutes on CJED 800. Your next report at 1045.
From the Dormivo Weather Center, rain changing to drizzle overnight. Nine is our low tomorrow. Mix of sun and clouds with a high of 18. And then cloudy, similar high for Sunday. Temperature right now in Montreal is 11 degrees. Stay on top of the news and your favorite CJAD 800 shows wherever you are with the iHeartRadio app totally free. Download it today. Next update, 11 o'clock. Breaking news as it happens. News Talk Radio CJAD 800. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJD 800. Do you think reaching out to an ex is a good idea during this pandemic? We'll talk about that next. We're leaning on local charities more than ever, and many are struggling to keep up. If you're part of COVID-19 relief efforts and you need help, we can get your message out. Email communitycares at cjad.com or go to our community cares page at cjad800.com. The voice of the community. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. CJAD 800 presents Life Unrehearsed, a show about overcoming the obstacles life throws at us all. Hi, I'm Corey Sirota. And I'm Matt Del Vecchio. This week, our guests spent nine days on a ventilator and beat COVID-19. And learned the profound impact this crisis is having on cancer patients. Life Unrehearsed, Sunday afternoon at 4 on CJAD 800. Brought to you by Marco Vandramini of IG Private Wealth Management. MarcoVandramini.com We've all spent the past few weeks stuck inside. So make sure you don't keep everything inside. It's normal to feel stressed, anxious, or even sad. After all, you don't have to be infected to be affected. For advice, don't hesitate to visit Quebec.ca slash because protecting yourself also means protecting your well-being. A message from the Gouvernement du Québec. These are certainly unprecedented times. Many of us are either working from home or schooling from home, which means you're using a lot more toner than usual. XL Toner continues to deliver the finest quality ink and toner cartridges and for far less than retail. XL Toner, Montreal-based, all brands, excellent guarantees, next day delivery. They've got your back. Toll free at 1-866-438-1120 or xltoner.ca. That's E-X-C-E-L toner.ca. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. A couple of texts here to share with you. Uh, These women should be applauded for escaping their predicament. This is if you missed it. I got a, a, a letter from um, a woman who was describing a situation when she was 20 years ago, when she was young, uh, 18 or so, with a couple of friends. They had escaped bad situations at home, ended up in Montreal, and ended up uh, in prostitution, as many runaways do, by the way. Uh, and so um, was telling me the story when she they called into the show 20 years ago, uh, crying, and I uh, had responded with, like, you know, either stay on the line, call the police, run, get out of there, whatever it was, and, and they did, and ended up uh, at the police station, and, and everything turned out well, and their lives turned out well, thank God. 
these women should be applauded for escaping their predicament, but I, as a resident of a certain Saint-Jacques motel for 15 years, observed women of the evening plying their trade. One common thread was they could in- they could be incredibly harsh and mean to their clients. I am wondering how, after escaping, do they grow a heart? A common expression is, as cold as a whore's heart. My neighbor was brutally murdered by a girl. I don't have the rest of that, so I don't know if that ends there. But we're talking about 18 and 19-year-old girls, runaways, drug addicts, who fall prey to pimps and end up there uh, not by choice. So many who are in the sex trade choose to be in the sex trade. Uh, these are, were young women who were vulnerable women who are then picked up by these predator pimps, basically, and and sold uh, and have to work for them and what have you. So thankfully, they managed to uh, to get away. But I think that's a, a kind of a very different uh, different situation. Uh, as a close friend of someone you saved, I'm not sure I saved anybody, but I wanted to say there are probably many, many more you helped in a bad situation and you never knew. Way to go. Well, it's nice to find out outcomes, I have to say. I'm not going to lie. I... Uh, uh, there is a certain uh, satisfaction. It's a, it's humbling too. I have to say to 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 hear outcomes uh, from from people who have reached out to us here on the program in the past. So yes. So is it a good idea to reach out to your ex during uh, quarantine? Uh, I've kept in touch with a few exes. Unfortunately, I hold a small place in my heart for them. Never had a bad breakup. Well, we all hold, like we can, once you love somebody, like that little, I always believe that there's a little piece of your heart that always belongs to that person. But in these times, though, we have to, like we've had to find new ways of interacting with others and we've had to forego ways of uh, connecting, right? Um and many people have reached out to exes. Why is that? Part, especially single people. I'm talking about mostly uh, single people because uh, how are you going to find romance when you're not leaving your house? And some people are not so comfortable with the whole online dating thing. And maybe it, it's not fitting. Like as this article was saying, for some people, online dating may not fit their current uh, mood, right? It, it, when uh, you're on first dates with somebody, it's usually light and 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 uh, superficial and what have you. But uh, in these times, things aren't so light for a lot of people. So it is suggested that with an ex, you have already developed emotional intimacy in the past, so you can dive right into more serious conversations. Also, people now may feel especially lonely or bored. We all have a basic need for uh, human contact. So uh, without human contact, when we lose our, our whole social network, we do suffer emotionally and uh, uh, mentally and, and sometimes physically. So 
if you're very limited, maybe contacting an old uh, an old flame might be one way to uh, to help you know relieve the loneliness and uh, and the boredom or to break the monotony in in your uh, daily routine which might be nothing right you may not have a routine and it may get very monotonous for you uh so that could be a a, a reason too um some people maybe are connecting with their exes in hopes of getting back together or maybe they have feelings of nostalgia or they just care for someone who used to be an important part of their their life so this the crisis gives you kind of an excuse to contact an ex to hey i was just reaching out no reason just wanted to check in on you and see how you uh were doing and and such so uh it this article also says reconnecting with an ex may be a way to find meaning in life because some people are maybe having a bit of an existential crisis, you know, thinking about death and morbidity and all of that. So maybe they're looking back on their past relationships and, you know, you, you know what it is to have a wave of nostalgia uh, for someone. Maybe they're thinking, ooh, maybe that was the one that got away and, and all of that stuff. So, uh, but bottom line, is it um, a good idea? Do you think it's a good idea to reach out to an ex during a pandemic out of loneliness or boredom or to break the uh, monotony? So why would somebody... Uh, the, the first thing is ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Why do I want to get in touch with my ex? Am I bored? Am I lonely? Am I hoping for a short-term, uh, uh, you know, reigniting the flame for, for, uh, uh, for the short-term? Are you just uh, concerned, uh, curious? Are you hoping to rekindle the romance? Like these are all things that you have to consider. Also consider how's your ex going to interpret your outreach, especially if let's say you have no interest in getting back together, but maybe you know that your partner uh, still has feelings for you. So you've got to consider that as well, right? Um, so those are some of the things that, you actually need to think about. It's not that there's anything wrong with getting in touch with an ex, but you have to think carefully about your motives and what you hope to get out of it and to be clear as to what you want uh, to get out of it and try to anticipate how your ex is likely to respond to this because if in the end it's just going to cause more hurt, then is there um, a point to this, right? And and I know I've spoken to people who have done just that, reached out to to exes in uh, in these times. Uh, single men reach out to exes because deep down they really care, and especially over fifty, uh, just checking in, happy to know you are okay. And sometimes that's just the nice thing to do, right? To to just know is everybody okay? Is it like are you? I'm thinking of you. Like I've loved you once. I still care about you. So uh, I'm just uh, just checking in. Of course, there's uh, there's that. Um, 
In the Netherlands, single men and women are being advised to organize a sex buddy after criticism of rules dictating that home visitors maintain a 1.5 meter uh, distance from their hosts during the coronavirus lockdown. So the official guidance from the Dutch National Institute for Public Health and the Environment has been amended to suggest those without a permanent sexual partner come to mutually satisfactory agreements with like-minded individuals. Um, they've been on lockdown since March 23rd, but they, in their lockdown, have been allowing up to three visitors into homes on the strict condition that they keep their distance. But now they concede that it makes sense that as a single person, you also want to have physical contact while warning that the risks of such intimacy should be manage. Discuss how best to do this together, they suggest. For example, meet with the same person to have physical or sexual contact. So have one sex buddy, provided you are free of illness. Make good arrangements with this person about how many other people you both see. The more people you see, the greater the chance of spreading the coronavirus. So they kind of got the uh, the green light to go ahead. Do you think we're going to get this green light anytime soon? I guess... Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they start talking about this. This is Passion on CJAD 800. So look at what this company is doing. You tell me if this is something you would buy out of curiosity. Uh, the, the headline is, is this. Company sells fake muscles and boobs for people's Zoom dates. <laughs> fake muscles and boobs. What for? <laughs> like, ah, like, you, you, I just, those are playing games. That's presenting yourself in such a fake way. I don't get this. But nonetheless, people are buying this stuff okay uh so this company and they say they're selling these fake muscles and fake boobs to help people land a second date um helping you prepare for these uh these uh zoom dates it's a company i'm an american sporting's good company called sporterly um and they're selling these these fake implants or whatever you wear under your shirt. Uh, and they launched it as part of their new virtual dating collection. The company site suggests virtual dates can be awkward and while sometimes have something to grab attention as soon as you connect can help. So you're going to sell a fake you. Okay, great. So you sell your fake you. And if it turns out that you hit it off, you're going to make plans to meet at some point, and you're not going to be a triple D breast size. And you're not going to have those muscles because what are you going to wear those under your shirt for how long? And then the person's going to look at you and say, "Well, you you deceived me." Like so, and and they're going to judge you based on the fact that you are deceptive, and they're not going to believe anything else you say because if you could deceive there, you can deceive in other ways. Like it to me, this. It doesn't make sense, although they say that their products have been flying off our virtual selves, shelves since being made 
live. I, <laughs> I don't know. Is it just me? This is not like to create a hyper reality that that isn't real. Uh, eventually, you're going to be meeting people in real life. Like the, it, this isn't just games. But anyway. Uh, so many people buy fake boobs. I wish there was a way to sell them and buy a smaller perkier pair. Oh, if you could get rid of your own big boobs, for sure, if you don't like them. Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> wait till the clothes come off. Exactly. Wait till the clothes come off. Uh, I really hope they are listening in, but kudos to the police, too, for helping. They get a bad rap most of the time. I know that... Uh, the cops listen in. I've spoken to quite a few who know uh, when they're in their cruisers, they listen to CJD. So, uh, yes, yeah, so thank you for the police work that, that, that you do do. It's true. They do get a bad rap, and and, uh, um, and really they do a lot of good work. So I, I just want to do, do a shout-out there too. Uh, I would like to give a shout-out to you for your work, but in addition, I would like to give a shout-out to people on your panels, people like Bill Ryan, who helped me when I was completely in a fog after divorce. He helped me write the ship when it was headed for disaster. Uh, thank you. Yes, Bill is uh, going to be on, I believe, uh, next week. We have our LGBTQ panel, and, and Bill is a wonderful, wonderful man. And, uh, yes, thank you to all of our therapists who join me on, on our panels here and on the air and who my colleagues who I consult with and who are also here to help out. It's, so it's a much bigger community than just me helping, right? There's a whole lot of people. Um, came across a middle-aged man on a dating line who stated he was looking for a very young girl with a tight butt and perky breasts in his ad. When inquiring why he wasn't open to a mature woman of his own age, he discriminately replied he didn't want an old bag to have sex with, to which I questioned what made him think a young girl would necessarily want an old geezer then, and whether it occurred to him that considering he lacked youth, to equally reciprocate, anyone he may be may attract may possibly be looking for an alternative exchange, such as money or prestige, perhaps, to which he stated he had neither and had the nerve to oblivi- obliviously say I was being shallow for thinking so, to which I replied that obviously I was being realistic as compared to him. Yeah, you are so right. What a great response uh, to that guy. Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of crap, Lori. Yes, that those fake things. Bunch of crap is right. Hey, uh, Dr. Lori, met lovely single guy in early March and had our first date mid-March. More than two months later, we only see each other for walks or cycling at a distance. Feels, feel it's not sustainable to distance for several more months. There is no end in sight, and people want to hug, hold hands, watch a movie. This is not an easy call for singles in love. No, it's not, but you have to decide on your risk factor, and I think we are, at some point we all have to make that decision because if I go to a store or I go somewhere, I go out in public, I decide for me what the risk will be because there's no zero risk, but uh, there there's 
you have to look at, uh, do you both go to work or are you both working from home? Do you have contact with the outside or no contact with the outside? Like you have to be able to establish what the other person and be, and feel kind of secured in what the other person, uh, is doing and that they're following guidelines. And then you can decide if you can be together and exclusively just, uh, together. So I still think it's a decision that can be made, um, uh, with by two people, but un, all with understanding the risks involved uh, and making sure that you're protecting the public. It's m- far more important to protect others from you, right? But like now we there's all kinds of things online showing like if you wear a mask and someone else wears a mask, uh, there's only like a 1.5% uh, chance of transmission, right? So it's not zero, but it's very, very low if you take the right precautions. So I think that's uh, that's very important. Fake boobs, fake muscles. People can get insecure and get caught up and do weird and illogical things. Yeah, people can do a lot of illogical things. And here's something that's illogical, stupid, and got a guy in serious trouble, okay? So there's a a couple (laughs) who are quarantining together, and this husband and wife, they invented this little game uh, with each other, right? They, they, they kind of play off each other this way. And, uh, the husband ended up posting something on a Reddit for a forum about the weird game and the embarrassment that followed. This is what he did. Okay. His wife, his, anyway, his wife had hit him in the face with a tampon and he thought it was funny. So he wanted to up the ante. So he said, today I decided it was time for revenge. I got out of the shower, dried off and looked for her. I saw she was on her computer with headphones on. I snuck in from the side and, uh, and boom and Dick slapped her basically square on the cheek. She never stood a chance. So he was completely naked. Just so you know, um, The man's wife did not laugh as he expected. It turned out the slap was no laughing matter. I stood there expectantly waiting for her to laugh or some sort of reaction, he wrote. But then she turned to me white in the face and just said, I'm on a call. I'm on a call. I thought she was joking, maybe just winding me up. But then I look at her screen and see several gobsmacked co-workers of my wife. <laughs> she was on a Zoom call with work. He comes out of the shower naked and uses his penis to slap her in the face in front of all her co-workers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Be careful what you do when you're Zooming or whatever. There's And then I saw something on Facebook. I thought it was funny. They were interviewing... A woman, I was on a news, some news channel or news, some news program somewhere. I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, this, this hairdresser was talking about giving tips on how to cut hair. So she was in her bathroom, but if you looked in the, in the mirror, like in the reflection, you actually saw her, her naked husband somewhere in, in a shower behind her somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how it all happened, but that was kind of funny. So, uh, pay attention to the backgrounds, to people walking past. Like, this is something that, you know, we would have never had to consider before, but now you do. Uh, So there you have it. I can't believe another week has gone by uh, so fast. Uh, Thank you all for being with me here and 
making the time uh, fly by with me. Thank you to our technical producer tonight, Nicole. Thanks to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the, week, uh, the evening, a great weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. Yeah.